0: Hey, let's talk about Breaking the Cycles.
1: Welcome to Breaking the Cycles with Lozina and Tasia. I'm your host, Lozina, and I'm here with my daughter, Tasia. Hello. We're glad that you can join us as we talk about our journey of rediscovering ourselves after experiencing sexual and emotional trauma. We want to try and bring awareness on the effects of this to the eyes of victims, survivors, and their families. The conversation I wanted to have with you today to see it is about um, finding yourself and how you got lost in that journey. um, You're only 19, almost 20, and you've had um, some pretty traumatic events throughout your life. And I just wanted to talk to you about how that's shaped, how negatively it affects you and what are some positive things that you've taken from it. And more importantly, you, finding you. Um, So if you want to jump right in and start a topic, we can go right into that.
0: This is going to be a very uh, intense kind of conversation. I will say that from before. Um, so I do apologize to the viewers or listeners. It's so I'm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> if I do get emotional, I will pause quite a few times to kind of re- collect myself because it's and kind of okay. a really intense, intense, intense stuff.
1: It's okay. It takes um, a lot of courage to even get there. So I think um, most of our listeners definitely understand the impact of this emotionally? So I think the the main
0: feelings that I have, and I I know for sure heartbreak is is one of them, and I Mm -hmm. still feel the sense of loss. Mm -hmm. I mean, my abuser was my stepfather, and he, he had been in my life since I was, what, five or six years old? Yeah. So there's still, you know, and my childhood wasn't always, negative there was a lot of good good and happy moments too but now when I even talk about my childhood or if I think about it it's like everything's tainted where there's this light that used to be this bright colorful thing where now it's like this gloom effect over it mm-hmm. um, and it's it's kind of just difficult where you don't i Still don't know what the what moments were authentic and what moments were fake, right? And I don't think I'm ever gonna have that chance of knowing was this real or was this fake, because my abuser faked a lot of mm-hmm. himself towards me to the point where I had to become this perfect person, this perfect daughter, this yeah. perfect best friend, and. It, I had to change myself and now I'm like slowly regaining who I am I'm still learning I don't I think I'm it's going to take me quite a bit but I'm still learning who I am still yeah. trying to figure out what do I like what do I not well, I know what I don't like but mm-hmm. what do I like what I don't like well, um you know just exploring basically what it's like to be an adult but also relearning me.
1: Right.
0: There's a lot of aspects that um are triggers. Like music used to be a really big trigger for me. I yeah. I lost my sense of music for quite a while. Um, there's a plenty of artists that I couldn't listen to for a really, really long time. And that's because my stepfather he was a big music person. Mm-hmm. So I love him. If you didn't like music you basically weren't friends with him, or you weren't cool with him.
1: That's true. Um,
0: And for me, you know, that was basically my dad. So I wanted, you know, I wanted to get into music originally. So I did get into music, and music is me. Music is a very, very big part of me. Yeah. If only you guys could see my Spotify playlist and my Apple Music playlist. (laughs) Um, But uh, it took me a while to get back into it. And even now, there's still artists that I can't listen to. It, it hurts way too much to even listen to them. Yeah. Um, but and In I what think the way? main thing that
1: oh, oh so go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, what was the question? I was gonna ask. Oh, what it's was, Okay,
0: what was your question?
1: <laughs> I was gonna. am asking, what is the um, for music? What were some? What is an example of what? How music got taken away from you or molded you? differently like what were some things about music that made such an impact that you could or couldn't do
0: so a lot of music or a lot of people who listen to music listen to music just for fun right um and it's an enjoyment music's always an enjoyment it's it's an art form but Mm -hmm. in my case it was i had to learn everything about the artist i had to learn what the song was about who it was written for, why it was written, um what did the song hold importance to the artist, and I had to just I literally had to sit down and write or even speak about what I thought about this lyric or what I thought about this stanza of music um, it and if i wasn't if I didn't have the same view or the same message that my stepfather had. Mm-hmm. I didn't appreciate music, and I didn't mm-hmm. enjoy music. So whenever I listen to music, I had to, i even to this day, I still have to figure out what the song is about. I have to be able to repeat almost every single lyric there is in it. Oh, my. Um, and it's kind of weird now because now if I listen to a song on the radio once, I have memorized all of the lyrics. Mm-hmm but that's because it was kind of forced into me that I have to listen to music this way.
1: Right. And then the artists, you also had to kind of match their personality. They had to be, um, someone of importance. They had to be
0: like him. Mhm.
1: It, it,
0: it, and when I mean by him, I mean my um, my stepfather, I had to be like my stepfather or they had to have some type of importance. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it was very, I couldn't listen to certain genres because certain genres was what he would always like to say, garbage in, garbage out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm familiar was, with that term. If I listen <laughs> to rap, it's, oh, nope, it's garbage in. Yet if he had liked any rap song, it was because he enjoyed it. He found it. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had found any new artists it, and if they cussed or if they nonsensed Nonsensely cuss yeah. or just the little things in songs. It would be nitpicks on why I shouldn't listen to them. And so music became such a really hard thing for me to even find on my own. All my playlists had to be basically exact copies
1: of so what he listened to. So it was colors. like you couldn't um, it couldn't be love the art not the artist. You had to love the artist in order to love the art. Yes. That's exactly yeah. what it was. And it hurts. It hurts still to yeah. this day. Something so simple as music. Um, you couldn't really develop that on your own. You ha- it was something that was forced on you or either taken away from you. And
0: exactly. Did you ever at any
1: point hide listening to certain music just to kind of have a little freedom? Oh,
0: I, I did. I used to create um, secret accounts. And the reason why I say secret accounts is because I had a lot of control on my phone.
1: Mm So,
0: you know, any day, my stepfather could just pick up my phone just randomly. He had to know every single password, every single app that I used, um, every single playlist of songs. He would go through my playlist. And it was such a weird thing, because I remember the first day that he did it, and I think it was like after I turned 16 or 17, and he would Mm -hmm. just picked up my phone one day, and he was like, why do you listen to this song? Why do you listen to that song? And he's just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And then he deleted my entire playlist. Yeah. And that's when the term, the actual one I realized what the term policefully really fully meant was garbage in, garbage out. And, and that's just music. What it though. meant wasn't even. yeah. Sorry. And the, the phrase though kind of stuck with me because it wasn't just a phrase of garbage in, garbage out. It was this is what i want you to listen to and i don't want and if i don't view it as actual music then it's garbage mhm mhm
1: and that's just music what were some other i mean i'm sure there's other things that yeah I'm, i mean it's such it's like everything and
0: anything but then it's like trying to think of some examples because like almost everything was controlled um cooking and baking was another big thing with me yeah um cooking I had to cook like his style and if I didn't cook like his style it was like I was so wrong and I had to give these reasons of why I chopped up an onion like this and why it doesn't have enough pepper in it or why it doesn't have the seasoning in it and it became where let's say him and I were to cook together, it was more of me watching him how to cook than anything else. So it's like I had to adapt my entire cooking style. That I actually learned from you, mom, into yeah. his own way of cooking. And it bothered me because I had to do like step by step by step and if I, you know, went too fast it was, oh, I'm not actually enjoying cooking, I'm just
1: rushing it. Oh my goodness! So, I mean, I, I, since you were little, I always know that you like cooking. You enjoy cooking, and baking, oh, and I experimenting, um, especially baking and with different muffin types and just, I mean, your whole Christmas, um, kind of your Christmas tradition is to make eggnog cupcakes, and those are experiments that yep. you've done on your own, and um, they're so delicious and yummy. Oh, oh my gosh! I feel like I should have some right now, but um you no, know, i can't i it's so strange to me i i've experienced it myself where i was a i've always been a good cook, not was I'm still a good cook um but at at some point, I stopped cooking, and I know this is your story, and I'm just kind of um. Relate, uh, re- it's a little bit relatable, so that's why I'm kind of speaking oh, yeah, right now. Oh yeah, I understand. <laughs> but spe- uh, everybody always compliments the way that I cook. I, I, I cook great, and um, it at some point became a uh, a competition that he had to cook better, and he has he had the talent and all of that stuff. So whenever we hosted something. It was no longer my cooking. People were enjoying they had to enjoy his style of cooking, so I can even i mean you're exactly. a child, and instead of getting an opportunity to learn and experiment and put your flair into something, it was completely controlled
0: yep, and it's it's messed up because even though I would like to experiment, I had to like secretly experiment, and mm-hmm. I think the only way that I could actually experiment was baking because baking was the one thing that he couldn't do but I could do.
1: But then he even started taking that over.
0: Mhm. He tried to, and no mm-hmm. matter what it came to where that was the one thing that I was secure in that I was like, "No, this is not how you do it," you know, I was able But the thing is I had to like overpower his knowledge. Mm-hmm. And that was something that he didn't like because if you're you know. smarter than him or if you say something that he doesn't know, he will go straight ballistic. And Oh, yeah. What I mean ballistic, it's like, yeah, he would start yelling and stuff like that or he'd get angry or think that you're belittling him or he'd get all up in his emotions,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it's, like, scary because as a kid, you want, you know, every kid goes through this. You want to be, like, you want to go up to your parents and say something that they don't know about. Right. And you take so much, like, happiness because you're like, Yes, I know this thing that my parents don't know about. I'm going to show off this skill. And every time that I would do that, it was, oh, that's not how you do it. Or are you sure? Did you research that? Um, It was always questioning if I actually knew what I was talking about.
1: Yeah. And
0: so from there, after how many times I would be so excited, I grew less and less excited
1: and more Mm
0: -hmm. of I need to keep this hidden that I actually know it. And then when the time does come up that I could bring up that I know it, I can't talk about it because, at the end, in, in quotations, I didn't know enough about it to talk about it.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, though the you've talked in previous episodes where you know you had to help you had to help carry his emotion and be his best friend and be the only mm-hmm. person that he relied on, kind of you know that enmeshment and. Um, Oh my gosh, the amount of things that you can go, yeah, yeah, go on to parentification and all of that stuff, to not even be able to listen to the own your own style of music. And most teenagers, they that's what they do. They get into their own music, right? And and cooking was something that um was controlled as well. Um, and then on top of that, you um you were being compared to me, in negatively and positively so i i can't imagine what the what that's done for your identity and the the,
0: um well i'm stuttering a little bit sorry um you and i had a very of course we've talked about this in previous episodes we had a very off and on relationship kind of like hot and cold but Mm -hmm. more distant and then close and then distant again so I had, I already had existing issues and existing problems that we've already talked about, mom. And my abuser would use that kind of against me, but Mm then he'd kind of not use it against me at the same time. And what I mean by this is um, I was constantly compared to you, but if I did something that he liked that you did, Mm -hmm. then it would be a good thing. Like, oh, you're, going to be just like your mom. That's a good thing. But let's say I had an angry outburst or I was being petty one day, like a regular, just a regular teenager being petty. Mm -hmm. Stupid things. Um, It was, are you really going to turn out to be like your mother? Do you really want to be like this? And it was more of that I had the question, do I really want to be like my mom? No, I want to be who I am. I wasn't trying to be like someone else. Um, and over time it became a constant comparison of, you know, if I gained a little bit too much weight, oh, why can't you be like your mom and lose weight? Oh, wow. Or if, um, I failed an assignment and he would use your education, he'd be like, oh, so you're going to fail at high school like your mom did? <laughs> and it's like, that's why, why would you say that to your child if you know yeah. it, it became that well I don't want to be like my mom and you and I never have this discussion where well we, we sort of did but we did it at the same time because yeah. everything was controlled and always went back and forth between him and me and you that whole triangulation type thing where mm. we never actually spoke spoke about everything um so it became more difficult where it's like I don't want to be like my mom I want to be who I am
1: yeah. but I, at the um, same
0: time I saw oh go ahead no no go right ahead <laughs> Um, at the same time I saw so many features that I wanted to be that was like you like the strong independent woman but then I also saw like how angry you used to get and I was like mm-hmm. oh I don't want to be like that yeah. and it became such a question of so much of am I going to turn up like my mom mm-hmm. and that's how it spent my, basically, my entire junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And that was a question every single day. And unfortunately, that was, like, also, like, adding fuel to the fire, my abuser saying the same exact thing.
1: Oh, Are no, you going to no. be like
0: your mom? Are you going to be like your mom every single day? So I didn't know who I was in my junior year. I, you know, I'm still working on it now my junior and senior year, I was completely lost. I went from going to virtual school and being set and learning who I was a little bit to going to public school, a brand new environment, a brand new thing, Mm -hmm. to questioning myself of much more than I didn't really need to question at the time. Because those Mm -hmm. are, you know, normal self-identity is normal teenage, that's normal adolescence and all of that. But then it was like, so much control, it felt like this darkness was shrouding me every day, like I was just being
1: held in a cage, if that kind yeah. of makes sense. No, it makes, I mean, it makes sense to me, because, uh, you know, I was in the same house with you, and I, um, and I lived most of it, you know, so I remember, I was telling a friend of mine just the other day, we, that uh, one of the things that I, that upsets me is, um, I acknowledge my part in, um, in what I've done in the past, right? And my behavior and how unhealed I was. But not, that's not an excuse. It, it doesn't mean that you deserve it or anybody deserves to have a, a harsh parent, right? But at some point, I decided that I was going to change. But my change was never acknowledged by him. So when i When I think about it and what you're what you're saying, and when I hear the things that you say, it's like he will constantly remind you of the person that I was, and there, when you see this different person, the one that's changed, you couldn't really um acknowledge or appreciate the change because here was someone that you looked up to and you had admiration for. Telling you that this person is is bad, right? And then comparing you yeah. to that person as well. So, um, in my in my point of view, that that has you kind of confused about who you are and who you're going to be, and what what would you want to take from me and what you wouldn't want to take from me. So everything about me was so negative. So when you were compared, it wouldn't seem real or it would seem like you're sunk, you're sinking, you're becoming a terrible person.
0: Yeah, and that's how it was. Like, I felt every single day, I felt like I was this stranger and this bad person that shouldn't be there because I didn't know who I was. And because I couldn't figure out who I was, it was also another argument with my Mm -hmm. abuse. It was always another thing where, oh, how do you not know who you are by now? By now, I knew who I was,
1: Mm-hmm. And this
0: is me speaking from you know his perspective. This is, mm-hmm. It's it's so much judgment and it's so much second guessing that in the end, I don't know what where I was. It was just like a walking zombie. It was just like you you had you were supposed to show no emotion,
1: mm-hmm. but then at
0: the same time you had to show emotion. And if you didn't, mm-hmm. if you showed emotion, everything about you was just second. It was just questioned, and there was no way of how do I act where I don't get questioned? Because no matter what, in the end, you're still going to get questioned. And I think that's the one thing that still makes me angry because to this day, mm-hmm. I still have to, it, it sucks to say, but it's like I have to put this mask on.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: then it's also every morning of me having to take that mask off. and mm-hmm. then it's, No, this is not the time for this mask. This is, you, you don't need this mask anymore because you're learning who you are. Mm-hmm. And it's just frustrating because of all the work I'm putting into, it's like, I, all these emotions are still raw. And it's mm-hmm. like, it gets tiring day after day I'm dealing with it. Yeah. But it's and like, I have no choice but to deal with it because this is what's, hap- this is what's happened to me. And mm-hmm. I have to take it and transform it into me putting something positive out there because if I don't it's just going to eat away at me and it's going to make my mental illnesses and my demons worse.
1: Mhm. I mean there's so many layers to what you've been through and what you're going through and your journey of healing is now you know beginning and um it's i i I do hope that you see that this the bravery in this alone sets you um sets your starts setting your identity of who you're going to be you're on your way to becoming this empowered person and just by taking this I'm good Uh, but there there are so many layers to it and you are the one that 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 lives with it every day what uh, knowing now or looking back and seeing how things transpired and, you know, like music, for example, what are some things that you're taking back to be your own?
0: Um, well, the little things is kind of still big parts to me, but of course music, of course cooking. I'm still trying to get back into baking, but that I think my procrastination and my lazy self with quarantine is kind of kicking in with mm-hmm. that part. Um <laughs> Um, and I think journaling was another thing that I took back because, and Mm -hmm. I mentioned this, I think it was like two episodes ago,
1: correct Mm -hmm. me if I'm
0: wrong, um, where I was, I spoke about, um, his control, my abuser's control and my journaling. Mm -hmm. Um, and now I've been journaling almost every day. I think yesterday I missed it because I just wasn't feeling, I was feeling a little bit under the weather. Yeah. But, um. I've been journaling every day and it's something good that I've been um good that I've been feeling but but journaling. Before I used to feel like journaling was nothing, like it was just me repeating my days. But this is now I think re channeling journaling created something very positive for me.
1: Yeah. Um, and your music, you're you're starting to appreciate music in a different way where it's not being a trigger or more you? Yeah. Yeah,
0: and now it's more like, I can now listen, like, as much as I, you know, now I still listen to what the message of the the song is about, Um, I can now listen to music for pure enjoyment. It could be the worst lyrical song in the world, (laughs) but I could sit there and I could enjoy the beat or I could enjoy just how everything sounds and I think like that's important to me at least. I think it's a really like good step into regaining music, rather than it being controlled where I have to, you know, know everything about the song and know everything about the artist.
1: Yeah, I definitely, I definitely relate to the music though because um, I have such a different appreciation of different kinds of music that lyrics doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, mine is yeah. all. I mean half of the musical isn't even English so the lyric really doesn't matter (laughs) Um, so I think it's a very important step for you to reclaim that's a a very important step for you to reclaim your love for music and making your own and finding your own um, niche when it comes to what you enjoy Um, and as far as personality goes what are some things that you're doing to appreciate who you are and owning it as your own, that might be something similar to somebody else, but it's really, what makes it unique to you?
0: I know, like, for me, my most unique personality trait is how down to earth I am, but how hard, like, how... I don't know the specific word, but I've, I always use the word heartwarming. And mm-hmm. it's just me always being kind. And the way that I kind of put it is that instead of being so negative to myself, mm-hmm. I've been starting to kind of, like, coach myself into, mm-hmm. like, into starting my day with positivity. Yeah. I haven't been able to yet stand in the mirror and say, you know, all these compliments and all these positive mm-hmm. remarks about myself. But I've been able... To coach myself when I wake up and um, do, like, this – it's a weird meditation practice, but it's, like, you wake up and what's the first body part you feel of yourself?
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: you complement that body part that you feel. Okay. So usually it would be, like, my arm. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it would be my my right arm that I would feel – I don't know why. I, I always have my right arm tucked under no. me, but that's because of the whole, and I know my, the viewers don't really know this, but I do have a, um, a birth defect in my um, right arm where when I was in your womb, mom, your umbilical cord tried to choke out my arm.
1: Basically, <laughs> I apologize for what my body tried to do to yours. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think I I just absolutely love that amazing. arm though. It looks it's so different. It's unique. It's um it's part it's, of you. You gotta love it. That's part you. of you. And, that, and that's that's why I compliment my arm. And
0: for the view, for the listeners, um, it's it's just weaker than my my. It's just a regular arm. It's a little bit weaker, and it's more sensitive. So you can feel all the muscles and the veins inside of my arm. You can see it, too, Um, but... You can see it, too, yeah. I don't know yet if I'm going to post that on our our Instagram or social media. I don't think I'll go that far, but (laughs) maybe soon. That's okay. Uh, I have to put some type of funny joke into this after a very serious conversation. Um, But, yeah, definitely me coaching myself is something that I have to do for myself and that no matter what And no matter what, uh, it provided a very good, a good, um, was a, a good practice
1: to start with.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I have to tell you too, Tasia, um last weekend when you were visiting, um, and also from my viewers, Tessia doesn't live with me, she lives... Um, in about an hour or so away, and she visits sometimes so last weekend you you visited with your and your uncle were here, and your grandmother was here and It was so nice for me to just kind of sit back and and observe you. You were in the kitchen with your grandmother cooking, and basically every process that she was doing, you were right there with her and that's something you used to do as a kid like since you were a baby, you were always in the kitchen with your grandmother and whatever she's making you're right there with her doing it whenever she visited or whenever we visited her so that was that was heartwarming for me to see you in that element because it, to me it was that's part of who you are that is not something that was taken from you or tainted in any way or i'm sure i'm sure there was there were time when um it came up um and was and some parts of it might have been taken away but that was core to see and I was really, really happy to see you in that element with her.
0: And it was it was actually one I don't think I mentioned this, but it was actually really heartwarming because there was a lot of things that I used to do with you guys that I did like actually um I did when I when I visited. Um mm-hmm. you know Uncle Arthur and I were able to crack the same jokes that we used to.
1: You
0: know we got back into our more cultural side of jokes, and it was actually more it was nice, it really was, and it felt good because it was something that I missed, and I was able to enjoy again
1: and That's pretty powerful and important to acknowledge um as you you know you're more aware now of your trauma you're aware of your triggers, um, and that's going to help you understand your identity and find who you are and connect with who you are. And uh, I hope that our listeners are able to take in from that and understand that people are going to try to make mold us into who they they think we should be on who they want us to be, but once we start taking back our power and we know what what we're worth and we see it, then we we win we are we are the survivors we don't we, we get out of that victim mentality and we take ownership of us again and find our purpose and yeah. find our what brings our light um, what makes us shine
0: and I, I think it provides a lot of. A lot of strength to do it too. So yes, once it, it a lot of strength to do it and a lot of bravery to be able to step step forward from your demons and in your traumas and be able to reshape yourself. And it's a very I would say take pride in it because I do take pride in how I'm reshaping myself. And I know, Mom, you take pride in in yourself. And of course, I, I did post a very heartwarming post on Instagram. Um, about your strength and your survive your survival through a narcissistic, um, abusive relationship. Um, and I appreciate that as much as <laughs> as much as this is my story, it also is your story as well because we both went through a very a very very similar
1: trauma experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we were so. our my cycle repeated and passed on to you and now um by us coming together and being there for each other and for others bringing awareness to this that we we're breaking cycles right now as it is we're breaking those patterns and we that's are. all we can hope to do and continue to to um let our viewers uh, our listeners understand understand that too we're here you can you can do the same thing at um, whether it's privately or you want to be a guest on here or you just want to reach out to us. That's still breaking a cycle. Speaking your truth, uh, oh, just coming out, facing those fears, sharing your mm-hmm. story is always going to be
0: breaking the cycle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that's a really important thing to remember.
1: Yeah, or and to say as well. <laughs> and like you say, it's. Um, it takes a lot of strength and bravery it takes a lot of strength and bravery to hold it in too but know that you don't have to carry it alone you don't have to suffer in silence, your voice matters we're in an age now where we're more encouraged to speak our truth and whether the law backs us up and gives us the justice that we deserve you can still use your voice and take on your own healing find your own self we just want to say
0: thank you for your support, and as always, we are here for you. You want to DM us on Instagram, um, DM us on Twitter, um, reach out to my mom on our social media on our Facebook page, I mean, at that, um, and reach out to us if you would, you know, make sure you follow us, keep up, keep up, follow us to keep updated on our upcoming posts and our upcoming episodes and we just want to say thank you so much for all of your support for those of you who do follow us and thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next episode. Hi, it's Tessia again. I just want to say thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you could please follow our Instagram at breaking underscore the underscore cycles. And our Twitter handle is breaking underscore the underscore psych, C-Y-7. Also, please sub to our website at breakingthecycles.net.
1: See you next week.